Thank you for tuning in to the podcast of Lydia Brown Ministries, where we have a conversation about faith and bringing revival to your life. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. I'm your host, Lydia Brown Raphael. I want to begin by saying thank you. Thank each and every one of you for showing up on launch day and supporting our very first episode of this podcast. We appreciate you taking the time to share this podcast with your friends and family. For those of you who left reviews, who subscribed, who downloaded the episode, thank you so much. You are helping us reach people all over the world. You know, last week alone, we reached people on four different continents. God is so good, and to Him be all the glory. Again, we want you to know how much we appreciate all of your love, all of your prayers, and all of your support. I'm so grateful that you have taken the time to join me again for this message today. God has been downloading some very rich things to us, and He is invested in our lives, and He wants to reveal Himself to us in a greater way. He desires for us to know Him intimately and personally. You know, when I start to think about the things that are intimate and personal to me, there are such deep places in my heart. And some of those places only God knows. See, He has been there with us through every season of our life. He hasn't missed one moment. He is aware of every detail concerning us. And His love for us is so tremendous that it is hard for us as humans to even comprehend a small part of it. I want to know him. I want to know his heart. I want to know more about him. You know, many people, they know of God, but they don't know God. So how do we grow closer to him and learn more about him? How do we know him more intimately? There are two ways that immediately come to me when I think about how I get to know my heavenly father and how I cultivate my relationship with him. First, it all centers around His Word, spending time in His Word, reading His Word, studying His Word, meditating on His Word, feeding my spirit from His Word, and digesting what I am receiving from His Word. And I'm learning what His character is and what His voice sounds like from spending time in His Word. Next, what comes to me is prayer. You know, a mentor of mine once told me that prayer is as simple as communicating with God. And when you create a lifestyle of prayer, this looks like being in constant communication with God throughout your day. Yes, there are times that you go away and you pray by yourself and you have that dedicated time to focus on praying to your Father. You know, but however, the majority of my prayer life is just a constant communication that is open between me and my Heavenly Father. No matter where I'm at, no matter what I'm doing, I'm continually in fellowship with Him. Prayer to me, it really is a lifestyle. 
Prayer was my first ministry. I want to take you back a little bit to whenever I was a young girl. You know, I used to have this rug at the end of my bed, and I would lay on my face on that rug to pray. I have one of those small gray boom boxes, you know, the tiny little CD players that were big in the early 2000s. I would turn up some worship music in my little boom box. I would grab my Bible and a notebook with a pen to be ready to write down anything the Lord spoke to me. And I would pray. I would pray for my family, my friends, my church, my youth group, our nation, the nations of the world, ministers that I knew, even missionaries that I knew. I would be led by the Holy Spirit to go to places in the spirit realm and to pray out the plans of God on all different types of things and for all different types of people. You know, I'm reminded of this missionary that I used to pray for, and he was actually located in Uganda, and his first name was Bruce, and Brother Bruce and his wife and their two children, they were missionaries full-time on the mission field in Uganda, Africa. And the place that they were at was very remote at that time. And it might still be. Um, this would have been back in um, probably before the 2000s, even the late 1990s. And so they were stationed there with their children and they were full-time missionaries on the mission field. And he would come to our church and would share when he was stateside about their missions there. And he would ask us, you know, thank you for your support, but most of all, what I need is your prayers. Me and my family need your prayers. Well, as a young girl, I began to pray for him and his family. And I I prayed for them consistently for years. And one time he came back to our church and he shared a testimony at our church. And he said that him and his family one day were attacked by some warriors in a nearby village to where they were because they saw them coming in a car. They were not um, they weren't familiar of what a car was, and, and these warriors were scared of their life, and they had gotten a hold of some guns, and they just demolished that car. They shot that car up and down from side to side, and Brother Bruce and his family were inside, and they were praying, God supernaturally protect us. And he said that they all four came out of that car without one scratch on their head, without one wound to their body, without one misplaced hair. They were totally, they were supernaturally protected and they were totally fine. And whenever those warriors came and they saw that family, they said, what God do you worship? And Brother Bruce was able to tell them about Jehovah God and lead them to the Lord. And that group of warriors in their village put that car up on blocks and they wrote a sign above it that said, this God is the one true God. And the whole village got saved and gave their hearts to the Lord. You know, Brother Bruce was talking with my family and my family let him know that I was praying for him. And he said, I believe that prayers from people like your daughter and people from different churches that I go to and different friends that I have that are a part of the body of Christ, those prayers played a part in helping protect my family 
family that day and, and, and every day that we're on the mission field. And so I want to encourage you that when you're praying, you never know when God lays someone on your heart to pray for them. You never know what that person could be going through at that moment. Yes, I was praying for Brother Bruce, but there were so many other people in the body of Christ that were praying for him. And whenever we are all in tune with the Holy Spirit and we are ready to co-labor with him and to pray out as he leads us, he will take you to places in the spirit realm and he will have you do things that bring about eternal change. You know, back to back to me praying in my room, you know, I would lay on that rug and sometimes I would just lose track of time laying there praying in my room in the spirit by myself as a child, not even knowing what I was praying for. While most of my friends were focused on other things at this age, even even at a young age, six, seven, eight years old, I had such a tender heart towards the Lord and a desire to to know him. So I began to dig deeper right there by myself. I began to press into the presence of God. I knew I was young, but I also knew that I had a heart for God and I wanted to get to know him. These are precious times to me where I truly get to know the heart of my father and I grow closer to him. They are intimate, they are personal, and they are unique to each and every one of us in our relationship with him. Have you ever heard great leaders ask good questions? I find it interesting that out of all the things the disciples could ask Jesus that we find in Luke 11, where they asked him one very specific question, and that was, Lord, teach us how to pray. They saw this man go away and spend days and weeks in prayer by himself with his heavenly father. And then he would come back and walk among the people and they would see miracles. So they realized that prayer was of the utmost priority to Jesus. He ministered out of his relationship with his heavenly father. He told us in John 6 and verse 8, For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. A lifestyle of prayer is a lifestyle of surrender. The disciples came to Jesus not asking, you know, how to build a church or a ministry or about theology or homiletics and hermeneutics, but they asked him, teach us how to pray. Jesus shows us in Luke 11, starting in verse 1, a model prayer for us. And it says, Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he sees that his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us how to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, When you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. You know, he was telling us to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. The will of God here in the Greek means the determination, the choice, and the purpose. 
Purpose is the intention. As you pray, God will show you his purposes and intentions. In order for God to accomplish his plans in the earth, he needs someone to pray. If we simply lived by these principles here, how much different would our world look like today? We need more doers of the word. Oftentimes, we know what to do. It is just a matter of doing them, right? You know, prayer solves problems. Have you ever heard it said before? Little prayer, little power. More prayer, more power. Much prayer, much power. If you look at any great move of God that has ever happened throughout history, it is, you know, it doesn't matter if it is a revival, a great awakening. There were always a group of people who prayed beforehand. Prayer and repentance precede revival. In 2 Chronicles 7 and 15, it says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. How many of you can agree that our land needs healing right now? There is something that me and you both can do about this. We can follow these instructions here in Second Chronicles 7 and verse 15. It, it's not going to be a politician or a personality that brings change to our nation. It is going to be through prayer and a move of God among his church. Jesus showed us something that's key in prayer. And I want to go here for a moment. Jesus showed us that when we pray, we need to forgive. In Mark eleven twenty four and verse 25 and 26, it says, Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. We, a lot of us are very familiar with that prayer, right? It's one of my favorite prayers. But we get a key to how our prayers to to help us how to make our prayers effective here in verse 25 and 26 it says and whenever you stand praying if you have anything against anyone forgive them that your father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses but if you do not forgive neither will your father in heaven forgive your trespasses There might be someone that you need to forgive right now. You know, you might say to me, Lydia, I want to, but you just don't know what I've been through. Or you just don't know how bad it hurt. It was just so hard. You know, I might not know, but I can tell you that your heavenly father was there with you through it all. And he saw and that he is touched with the feelings of our infirmities, the things that hurt you and the pains that you've been through. He has compassion for you, but he also wants to see you to be an overcomer, right? You're not a victim. You're a victor, right? I, I get to choose to have victory over a situation. It doesn't matter how long any of us live in this earth. At some point, it's inevitable that we are going to have the opportunity to forgive someone, right? It doesn't matter who you are, if it's me, if it's you, if it's someone else. 
each and every one of us at some point, we're going to have to forgive someone. And some of those things, they might be harder than, than, than other times. But you know what? By the grace of God, we can do it. And, and I'm not saying forgiveness is a license for someone to continue to hurt or to continue to be abusive to you. Forgiveness is simply blessing someone and letting them go and letting God handle that situation for you because he is your defender. Amen. You know, unforgiveness blocks you of so many blessings of God. It doesn't just hinder your prayer life. It hurts you as well. You know, uh, you've heard it said, I'm sure before, just like me, that unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. So, I want what's best for you. And right now, I want you, if someone came to your mind, or if a certain situation came to your mind as we read that verse in Mark eleven twenty five, I want you to forgive that person right now. Let, let's do it together. I want you to repeat after me. Father, I forgive and fill in the blank. Say their name. Father, I forgive fill in the blank, say their name. I bless them and I let them go. The love of God is shed abroad in my heart and with you, I can do all things. So by your grace, I forgive them and I bless them and I let this offense go. Our nation needs so much of this right now. Even in the churches and and in families, we need so much of this right now. Doesn't that feel good? Just as you blessed them and you forgave them and you let it go, breathe in that, that, that peace of God. Just receive that, that love of God, that healing of God, that, that forgiveness of God. Just receive it and take it in. You know, in order for us to see results in prayer, we have to maintain a lifestyle of love and forgiveness. And Jesus was the perfect model for love, right? And we're, we're praying about different things that we're going to talk about throughout this podcast. And that will definitely be one of them because there's so much to say about that. But right for right now, I want to share this with you. You know, when I grew up traveling, um, I, I traveled with a lady by the name of Nancy Harmon. She is my spiritual mother and one of God's greatest gifts to my life. Back in the 90s, she had a program on TBN, and some of you might know what it's called or be familiar with it. It was called The Love Special. And she was one of TBN's very first programmers. You know, Sister Nancy was known for her music. She wrote hundreds of songs, has such a gift and an anointing from the Lord to sing, to write, to play music. She is a fiery Holy Ghost preacher too, which is one of the things I love the most about her. However, she was called the Love Lady. Even with all of her gifts and talents that God blessed her with, the thing that the, the you know the thing that people knew her for was her love, especially people who knew her personally. Watching her in the way that she loved people and walked in love with everyone and inspired me at such a young age to let love be the goal of my life. 
I started traveling with her when I was just a young teenager and we hit the road going from revival to revival. I traveled with a big group of young people and they were all on fire for God. I'm talking about everywhere we went. It was Holy Ghost revival would break out from church to church to church. Some of the best years of my life this far. And you know, as I look back, I wonder what was one of the greatest keys to her success among traveling with the team and seeing a mighty move of the Holy Spirit in multiple services in places that we went. You know, when we went to minister places, we would see it very, very often, just miracles and God blessing us with his presence. And I could see that love being at the forefront was huge. You know what else? She put a big emphasis on prayer. We would have to go into the prayer room about 45 minutes to an hour before each service to pray. Some of these times of prayer, um, they flowed over into the service and it set the tone for the whole meeting. There was such a rich and eternal deposit that was made in my life through those times of prayer. You know, I have no doubt that there were things that were prayed out in the spirit that we saw in the natural as a result of that time in prayer. I often wonder, you know, what, what is heaven going to be like? And we have heard it said so many times that the things that we will be rewarded for there will be some of the things that were never even seen here. How many people will not even see the fruit of their prayers until eternity? Was it worth it? Absolutely. Prayer was important to the disciples because prayer was important to Jesus. I'm so thankful that they asked him this question because it has created a map for us to use in life. And it's, it's given me a map for my life and I have the instructions on how to live a successful prayer life and how to pray and get results. I know that you are like me and you want to partner with God in the earth and pray out his plans and his purposes. You want to be the mouth that he can speak through. You want to be that vessel that he can use. You want to be his hands. You want to be his feet. And I believe you will. We are on a pursuit of the heart of the Father. And we get to pursue his heart and learn more and more about him throughout eternity. If Jesus spent time getting to know the Father and praying to the Father, how much more should we so I want to challenge you, even if it is just on your drive to work in the car, if it is just a few minutes that you have while you're cooking dinner or while you're working out or taking a walk, be intentional with the pockets of time through your day to pray and keep constant communication with your heavenly father. Be intentional that if the Holy Spirit draws you to him to lay on your face on your floor, at the end of your bed and wait and cry and pray out his heart, I encourage you to do it. Let those eternal deposits be made in your life as well. The Holy Spirit is drawing you forever closer to him. 
So let's go deeper. You know, last week in closing, I prayed the Ephesians prayer over you that is found in Ephesians 1 and 16 through 23. I want to encourage you to pray that over yourself today. Open up your word, go to Ephesians 1, start in verse 16, and pray that prayer out. Pray it as often as the Holy Spirit leads you. And once again, I just want to let you know how much I love you, how how much I thank God for you, and that you are always in my prayers. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. It has been an honor to share this with you today. If you will, take a moment to pay this forward by sharing this to your social media. We want to be a blessing to as many people as possible. Until next time, this is Lydia Brown Raphael. And remember, Jesus is coming soon. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast of Lydia Brown Ministries. For more ways to connect with us, visit the links in the podcast description.